This is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. This week, we made a trip down to Muscle Brothers Race Shop to do something a little different than our usual podcast and kick off the beginning of a new project we're working on under pressure outdoors, our very own Gambler 500 car. The Gambler 500 is an off-road rally started in Oregon in 2014 by Tate Morgan and the OG Gamblers, a small group embracing cheap fun in all forms, all while keeping the main goals in mind of having fun and cleaning up our public lands. The Gambler 500 currently holds the world record for the largest trail cleanup in history with over 3,800 volunteers, 10,000 miles, and 180 plus yards of debris. We are joined this week by the organizer of the Florida Gambler 500 events, Chris Hayes, to talk about how we can, how you can get involved and tell some stories from the trail. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me up here tonight. Uh, I was a little worried when I pulled up. You know, this is a very dark area. I, I I thought I was being set up, but I'm glad there's lights on in the uh, warehouse here. But uh, let's see. I'm the kind of guy that doesn't have anything better to do, so I organized the Gambler in Florida, and it's been a wonderful something ever since. We're we're having a ton of fun with the Gambler, and I can't wait to see you guys come out in a couple of months and join us. So, how long has the Gambler been going on in Florida? This will be our third year. Uh, the way it works is uh, you start a chapter after you talk to the boss, the godfather, Tate, out of Oregon. You start a chapter, and then you go out and organize um, something that ultimately you're going to pick up some trash and have a good time in the woods with. It's a fairly simple concept. There's all different kind of gamblers, as you know. There's The car rally is the by far the uh, largest aspect of what we do. But we race mini bikes. Uh, we have Hoop DX coming to Florida, which is the racing division of the Gambler. We even race river rafts here in Florida for the Gambler. So um, we're just trying to find a hill so we can do Gambler downhill pinewood derbies. So there's all different kind of ways to get involved. I would love to see a downhill pinewood derby Gambler style. Yeah, I feel like that. That would be something akin to the, uh, was that Red Bull plane-making competition? That's yeah. right, a flutog. Yeah. Yes, yes, gambler style. We found some overpasses, but the FHP was a little concerned about us, so we moved on. I can understand that, definitely understand that. So what does it take to participate in the gambler? Just show up. That's it. Generally speaking, it's that simple. The vast majority of events we do here in Florida require no pre-registration. We put the date out there, the place, and show up. Um, now understand there's over uh, there's over gosh 75 chapters of the gambler nationwide so different different uh, coordinators in different areas have slightly different uh, uh, policies for uh, pre-registration but here in Florida we keep it simple um, now if you're going to go do the Iceland event uh, generally you're going to pre-register for that because we are international uh, Iceland I believe is in July uh, Mexico is in May uh, Haiti is late summer 
Canada, they do three or four a year in Canada. Uh, Ireland is scheduled for late April. And um, we tried to do one in, the, uh, in Dubai last December, but the pandemic shut that one down. So they're international. I'd imagine you could get some pretty crazy cars in Dubai for five hundred bucks. <laughs> We've all seen YouTube. Yeah, right. I can uh, I can imagine the Mexico one probably gets pretty crazy because we went to Cozumel and I saw a whole family of five on one moped. So <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine how crazy the cars get in Mexico. Well, we went there. Well, it was last May, and it's also scheduled again for this May. And now last year we had uh, some border closures, but. Uh, I'm not going to say they were gamblers, but it was the first time that you had U.S. citizens swimming to Mexico and not the other way. Uh, there was some border patrol guy that was waving his finger at us, but I mean, not, not me, not me, not me. I don't do that. Right. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, so how long is the race or the rally, I should say? Well, what we try to do here is give you way too much to do. If you actually attempt to do the course that we give you, you could be out, oh, I'm thinking uh, in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 hours minimum. Uh, we don't really expect you to ever complete the course because you've got three days of that. So we give you so much material that when you show up, you're just finally going to hit a point where I'm done. I want to go back to camp and have a beer. That's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh what are the categories of the race and what do they mean? Well, we make them up on the fly. <laughs> we, we'll, uh, we'll put you in the cheater class because we can't think of anything better to put you in. Well, if you show up in a works Jeep or, or even mine, which is only slightly modified, uh, we, we call it the hater class because it's way too capable. You're actually going to have a lot more fun if you show up in a... 94 Corolla where the the whole thing's falling apart and you know you're going to go out in the trail and get it stuck. Those are the guys who have the most fun. So what's the most common the most common make of beater you guys see out there? Oh gosh. Uh, a lot of Crown Vicks, Crown Vicks are pretty common. Uh you see a lot of uh, MX5s. Uh, Anything, uh, some of them are just straight up unidentifiable because they're missing body panels and they've been spray painted so badly that you have no idea what it is. So, I mean, the Crown Vicks, they got to be pretty popular just because there's so many of them with the police turn ins and all that stuff like that. They're, the market's flooded with the cheap Crown Vicks. Absolutely. And you can't beat the power when they, especially if you get one of those police cars that's got been souped up a little bit with the rear wheel drive and everything. <laughs> yeah. And you know in advance that it's absolutely not going to be able to handle the terrain that we're asking you to go in. It will get stuck. And so you just accept it and, oh, okay. I say you just lift it. Yeah. You lift it. Make it happen. Yeah, you can lift it. Either. Yeah, you don't, yeah. Even, you don't even need to lift it if you cut enough of the wheel well out. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you may not be able to turn it afterward if you put bigger tires on there. Is that a Crown Vic with 35s? Oh, gosh, how'd they do that? If it works, it works. All right. It, nobody said you had to be able to turn. You just need to be able to go. It's like a drag car, you know. <laughs> no, this, this is a rally, straight. not a drag race. <laughs> Doesn't the e-brake turn them? Yeah. Yeah. There you you know how that works? <laughs> if you stab it and you just rip on the wheel hard enough, you're going to rip something out from underneath it, and it's going to turn. <laughs> and that seems to be the funnest part of the what I could see being the funnest part of this race, having never done it, 
but looking at the pictures, it's just the ingenuity that people come up with. Oh, yeah. I, I, sometimes I stand in, uh, in camp on day one as these creations, if I can call them that. They're Frankenstein creations, but I'll look at these with just, uh, I, I, I can't speak. Just as an example, uh, a gentleman built what I call the, or he called the peep. It was a PT cruiser body on an XJ frame, lifted about eight feet into the air. Uh, and that, and actually, that one, uh, that meme they made out of it actually went viral for a while. It was pretty amazing. But then you look at the gentleman from Jacksonville who last event got a ski nautique body and put it on a Bronco frame. It came, it, the naughty truck, I believe it was called. Uh, now it ran terrible. It overheated. It would go ten or fifteen miles. You have to pull over and let it sit for a while, fill, it, fill a radiator back up again. But it was just an amazing machine. But did it float? Uh, I'm glad they didn't test it because no, <laughs> no. I don't know if they had working life preservers in that. Just just need a good bilge pump. That's all. <laughs> yeah. No, there were two guys. I think one had a bucket. It's supposed to bail, I think. Yeah, like I said, a good bilge pump. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Who's the rookie on this boat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just some of that stuff. The Chiquita banana car. Oh, yeah. Oh, those guys were so proud of that. I think I think there was a story behind that. They wound up, uh, the first time they built it, they posted videos. I think it caught on fire. And uh, so they had to rebuild it, and ultimately, I think they sold it um, as an art piece or something. There's, there's always stories with some of these things beyond just PVC piping sticking out of the hood. How do you plan the courses out? Well, luckily uh, for the Ocala course, uh, well, it doesn't matter. We're not going to Ocala this year. Uh, for Richloam. Um, we do a lot of scouting initially by uh, using local knowledge. We're going to the Croom and the Richloam this year. Um, I've been going down there for years, so I have a good idea of where the good trails are. So what uh, my wife and I do now in the couple of months leading up to the event is we go out there and pre-scout all the trails. And we'll begin to rate the trails. Uh, we have some cute words for what we call them. I don't know if I can use them on your show. Nah, you give it a shot. Uh, Devil's Butthole. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Well, that's the worst category. If it's rated as devil's butthole, you know, you better take a sleeping bag and some food and beer with you because you may not come out. But anyway, we, we give you coordinates, and we will rate the difficulty, and you decide whether uh, you whether or not you want to go for it or not. Fair enough. Depending on how daring you are. It's actually interesting. We'll have a handful of teams that are competitive, and they'll truly go out with the intent of hitting every waypoint and that's wonderful again if you attempt that it'll take you oh 12 14 hours easy some teams spend even longer most people just go out and at some point they kind of take the waypoint sheet and throw it away they're just out in the woods having a good time picking up trash um, enjoying watching everybody's misery as they get stuck and in, you know somebody breaks down they help you out somebody forgot food you feed them it's just a good old time so what is your craziest or most memorable recovery story in one of these events? Oh, a, a personal recovery? Personal or one of the guests or anybody out there? Well, I attended the Alabama Gambler a couple of years ago. And um, my Gambler vehicle is a 94 uh, B4000. It's horrible. Hardly, <laughs> It breaks down before it hits the county line. 
So when I go out of state to do gamblers, I don't take it. I'll take my Jeep. We're on this trail following this river, beautiful, deep Alabama. And we come across a couple of gamblers who got in a little over their head. They were in the process of sinking into quicksand on the side of a river. Uh, again, I don't know where in Alabama we were, but both vehicles were hopelessly stuck. And uh, now people make fun of my Jeep when I pull up. Oh, you know, you're here in the cheater class. Well, that's all well and good until you're stuck in quicksand. <laughs> and I come along and I have a winch and know how to use it. And I just remember those guys were very thankful. That immediately puts you into the helper class. <laughs> <laughs> the support class, and uh, I'm giving you my camp location later tonight so you can drop off the case of beer. <laughs> so, I guess four-wheel drive isn't necessarily necessary, and it can be a little more fun without it. Absolutely. You can't think of this as a, can I say Jeep? penis measuring contest yeah i can say that oh you see that with a lot of off-road uh, um, events where you know how tall can i build my vehicle how capable can i build my vehicle the gambler takes the complete opposite approach we want your vehicle to be <laughs> incapable we want it to be terrible we want it to look ugly and we want you to go get stuck yeah. so how uh, much how much shit can i put this turd to absolutely and it's the best way to make friends because we have some unwritten rules like you never pass a stranded gambler you will stop and help and people uh, their generosity i mean they'll they'll spend hours digging you out if that's what's necessary they'll drive you to the nearest auto parts store they'll help you change out your radiator on the side of the road it's wonderful to see that kind of camaraderie from complete strangers absolutely yeah i mean that's what being outdoors men and women is about it's, it's not just uh going out there for yourself you're out there to help everybody else too and i mean that's how we got started was wanting to help other people uh get into the outdoors and now we're trying to especially going to the gambler expand our horizons beyond the hunting and fishing enjoyment of the outdoors i'm gonna tell you a little story <clears throat> this happened a couple years ago and this was at the florida gambler I'd gone out to help recover a guy. Anyway, I was on my way back to camp, and I see one of the gamblers. It was the station wagon from hell. It was uh, the family truckster that the Griswolds got rid of, gave to the Adams family, and was ultimately sold to this family in North Carolina. Now, these folks from North Carolina, husband and wife with their two kids, came all the way to Florida to participate in our event. They spent their entire weekend taking this horrible family truckster out to the woods and loading it up overflowing with everything they were pulling out of the woods couches tires it was just heartwarming i don't know how much time they spent on this they only went into the trails far enough to find trash their enjoyment was getting that stuff i mean again and they came from north carolina just as an example uh, and I, I watched them repeatedly go out and do this process over and over hour after hour cleaning up our woods and uh that really had an impact on me that showed me that you know you really can make a difference um and there's a number that i'm very very proud of right here in florida we estimate that the florida gambler has pulled 22 tons of trash out of the woods 22 tons Keep a running total on our website. We're proud of that. 
As you should be. I mean, that's a lot of garbage. <laughs> it's it's a shame that there are over 22 tons of garbage in our public lands. Uh, but people are assholes, for lack of a better term. I mean, <laughs> you see it all the time, especially in Ocala National Forest, where they'll go out there and, and dump huge amounts of trash. Just huge piles. Dumpsters full right on the side of the road. It, it is horrible. I've been going in the Ocala National Forest for over three decades since I've been living up there. And there are some amazingly beautiful places that are secluded ponds and swamps and trails. I've hiked so many of them. And I absolutely love it out there, except in the summer during mosquito season. But, you know, when you're, you, you'll drive down a Jeep trail and then you'll come to a couch that's just been dumped there by somebody and it takes you off. And luckily, uh, the gamblers understand that. So we fight for the rights of uh, open trails um, at the national level and at the state level. We do everything we can to work with politicians and the different agencies to keep these trails open for access. As hunters, you guys understand, access is always an issue. And what we do is we give back by picking up the trash and helping to clean up and make it a beautiful area again. I mean, we've all got to do something because the public land is not going to stay public if we keep just giving putting garbage out there and nobody's picking it up because then it becomes uh a burden on the state level and federal level government when they're left to clean up all that garbage so then they're left with the choice of spend all the money to clean up the garbage or just make it private property and trespass you for being out there so even outside of the gambler when we're out in the woods or out in the on our waterways and the boats fishing we find garbage it's getting picked up it's getting thrown in the boat it's getting thrown in the truck and if more people would do that we'd see a lot less trash uh, i mean if more if everybody that went in the woods picked up the trash they saw you might be able to complete a gambler <laughs> so you could you have to stop and pick up trash but not everybody's doing that so no, no they're not you guys are uh Okay, and I don't want to mispronounce it. The gobblers for garbage. Yes. Did I get it right? Yes. Oh, oh I get it here. I get a drink. <laughs> All right, put the rum back. These the, these are wonderful things. Uh, when we did the Mexico uh, event last year, the Mexico gambler. Part of the problem out there, where we were, at least on the Texas side of the border at the time, was what do you do with the trash afterwards? Because unlike here, where there's lots of dumps. And that's the desert, and the the population density is one person per 10 square miles or something. Um, so you don't have a lot of places you can physically take what you find. So we approached a uh, local business owner. Uh, they ran a hotel in the little town of uh, uh, Terlingua, Texas. And, and we told him what our problem was. Hey, listen, we're going out into the desert, your backyard, and uh, what can we do with all this that we collect? And she was so generous. She says, she showed me where there's a row of dumpsters that she paid for, you know, through her business. And she said, fill them up. And, you know, thank you so much. Because otherwise, we were looking, having to haul this trash hundreds of miles to the nearest public dump that we could literally, legitimately get rid of. Another example is going to, uh, we work with Marion County Solid Waste. They provide us just trash bags. I mean, even that simple act, they'll literally give us a case, and we go through them fast. Uh, we've uh, 
adopted a road. You know, these are other things that you can do. We go out on a quarterly basis. Um, we got a road in Ocala, and we go out and and uh, pick it up. Actually, my wife and I go out there occasionally, just walking it to try to keep it nice. But there's all these little things you can do to help make the environment a little bit better. You know, outside of an organized event. Now, is there a way that the guys that cannot be a part of the Gambler 500 or cannot attend or make it is there any way that they can get a hold of you to make a donation towards like trash bags or you know uh dump fees or anything else like that sure uh what kind of cash are we talking (laughs) (laughs) there's your wallet over there (laughs) if it's big enough i'll come find you no yeah absolutely uh you can either go to our website uh gambler500florida.com and uh there's a contact me on there somewhere uh, it's on there, trust me. Uh, or you can go to our Facebook page and just send me a private message. But anybody who ever has any ideas about how we can help uh, come clean up a particular area that you're interested in, or if you want to donate trash bags, we'd love to have them. Absolutely. You know, we're all, we're looking to work with uh, anybody that wants to make uh, the outdoors a little bit cleaner. So, how much of the traditional Gambler 500 rally is actually off-road? It uh, depends upon the location. In um, at our previous location, uh, when we were based out of the Ocala area in, in 27, or I'm sorry, in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Oh gosh, I get my dates messed up. Last year and the year before, whatever that was. Uh, 90, well, certainly well over 90 percent was off-road. Uh, this year for the April event, uh, we estimate that uh, it's going to be approximately 80 percent off-road. And the reason was the location of camp. You physically have to drive from our camp in Wildwood down to the Rich Lomer Crum. So you've got a little bit of, lo- we call it lava, a little lava you have to go over between those two. So what are some of the other adventures within the adventure that take place during the Gambler 500? <laughs> Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah, that's Shenanigans. Good word for it. Uh, anything we can come up with, we'll throw at you. Um, for instance, uh, the Gambler in Florida, the big April event, is three three days, three nights. The first organized event, I mean, we'll give you waypoints as soon as you come to camp. If you want to go chase them, go chase them. But the extra bonus on Friday night is the classy, trashy car show. It's at a secret location, which I won't tell you where it is until the day of. And uh, <laughs> I actually would love to tell you, but I can't. It's a secret. <laughs> if, you, if you know where we're staying in Wildwood and you zoom out on Google, you can probably figure out who's not going to be very happy with us hey. in, a, in a positive way. <laughs> oh, God. No, don't, don't say anything. Be quiet, Chris. But, okay, so we're throwing the classy, trashy car show at you. If you want to go wearing a trophy, fine, go over there. And uh, then that Saturday, uh, we've got a couple of events actually happening in camp. So Saturday, you can go chase waypoints if you want to. That's fine. Now, with oh. the waypoints, yeah. um, how do you know that somebody made it to a waypoint? Or do you, like, screenshot your location? Or no, you give us way too much credit, my friend. Now, 100% um, honesty. You know, if you tell us you went there, perfect, great. <laughs> Most people don't go into the gambler with an with the intent on winning. In fact, we actually have rules that. Uh, oh, sorry, we only have one rule. So we have a guideline that kind of prevents you from attempting to win. 
um, people who attempt to win will be awarded, all right, with what we call the bowling ball. So we have the bowling ball rule. If you if you go out with the intent of, of bowling over the course, you know, and just flying from checkpoint to checkpoint, waypoint to waypoint, you're only trying to grab uh, the points for getting there or doing whatever challenge we throw at you. We figured those folks forgot a very important rule that you're supposed to enter to have fun. So if you bowl over the course, we'll give you a bowling ball. And tradition has that you then will decorate your back window with your newly anointed trophy. <laughs> You'll do that yourself. No, and the point is to encourage people to slow down. Go have some fun. Pick up some trash. You know, a stop and smell the roses or, you know, help somebody fix their radiator on the side of the road or something. Fair enough. I mean, it's all in the spirit of good fun. Yes, yes. So we, we try to de-emphasize the competitive side when it comes to the actual rally. Now, to acknowledge that people do want to go out and enjoy some speed and uh, actually do some competition, we have a side for that, too. For instance, in camp this year, we have both Hoop DX and mini bike racing. Hoop DX is the racing division of the Gambler 500, and that's legitimate racing. It's uh, We set up a rally course, one car at a time. You go out, stopwatch. So you got to have a brain bucket, and there's some other technical issues. You have to actually go through a tech inspection for that. But uh, taking a messed up car <laughs> now gambler car it, it's hilarious here's my thing we're taking these mm-hmm. $500 cars mm-hmm. and they're beat up and we're going to send them through a race yes sir what are we looking at for somebody who wants to enter in what kind of tech inspections are we going to do so the listeners and stuff can be able to get their cars ready for that well for the rally there is no tech inspection Okay. Okay. The rally is pretty easy. We do require your vehicle to be road legal. So you've got to have a license plate, insurance, driver's license, headlights, all that good stuff. We do not have an inspection process for that. You'll sign your life away on a waiver. And (laughs) yes, we have all that. And if you violate that, you'll have to answer to the FHP, um, not the gambler. Uh, For Hoop DX, it's a little different. There we do actually put you through a tech inspection, check your fuel cell, batteries, all the typical things that you would expect at an amateur racing level. You know, know, what's the date on your helmet, all those type things. But you don't have to have uh, a roll bar, you know, if you have a hard top. So we're we're easy amateur racing at that level. Okay, so it's like beginner level flat track dirt racing. Except it's on a rally course. So, you know, you could potentially be putting your vehicle in a... Uh, getting some air, pulling a little Superman here and there. I'm driving, guys. <laughs> and you, no, and you could do it in a Dodge Neon. I might be doing it in the green truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just don't ask me to borrow mine. I've already figured you out, I think. Yeah. I can't find my keys. He's the wild card. Yeah, I know. He's, he's in race. Are we going to race? I, and there's mini bike racing. Uh, we also race mini bikes in camp. Uh, this particular venue we're using, Spider Motocross in Wildwood on Highway 301 near the Turnpike, has Florida's largest indoor uh, racing track, dirt racing track. And uh, so, yeah, so simultaneously we've got the rally happening. On this side of camp, we've got Hoop DX happening. And over there, we've got mini bikes. So you can participate in whatever you want to. Just sign up for stuff, go to Walmart, get a mini bike, 
Bike so brain bucket. We're, we're talking like the lawnmower engine mini bikes. A massive 5.5 horsepower motor. Are you limited to 5.5 <laughs> horsepower? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I'm just saying, he has a 35 yeah. horsepower on his mud boat, but oh it's really a, what, a 70, 70. something? Yeah. yeah. You kind of stole Listen, my question you've there. You've been racing long enough. <laughs> You understand how this works. When it comes to racing and tech inspection, everybody lies. Yeah, just put a little yeah. bit oh, of cigarette yeah, butts in the head, you know. Well, no, all we need is a 5.5 sticker from Briggs and Stratton, and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yep, there you go again. I, I knew Matthew's got it down. He, okay. But they don't know isn't going to hurt them. <laughs> now, there's the, no tech the inspection the for that yeah. either, Matthew. So. Okay, so... So I am not limited to putting two 5.5s on it. If I tell you what, you find a Coleman frame and you mount two uh, either Predators or 212s or a, a pair of Briggs 5.5 duels on there, yeah, I'll let you in no matter what. I, I think that the Gambler car is going to be put on the back burner now, guys. Oh, let's, no. uh, we got a new challenge. Hold up. Let's look around the shop. I think we can do it. (laughs) (laughs) There is a gentleman in Daytona named Lorenzo who comes to all our events. He put a Predator motor on the back of a Barbie bike. Mm. You look at me like, what are you talking about? That style. uh, It was beautiful and horrible, and I don't know which. The thing is wholly unreliable. It'll go a mile, throw a belt, or throw a chain or something, and he just laughs. He gets back on there, fixes it, keeps going. Well, that's the whole point of the gambler, isn't it? Oh, it is. But ultimately, he's having fun. It's a blast. So, more on a serious note, when we talk about the rally, um, you're a firefighter, correct? Uh, 28 years now, yes. Okay. So... Your last year's been on Cala. This year, you said it's going to be at, in Crooms. We're going to. You'll you'll get the option. You can either go to Croom or Richlome or okay. both if you have time. Now, let's just say that one of these guys are trying to get waypoints, mm-hmm. and they end up going and let's just say they wrap their car around the tree and stuff like that. What are we looking as far as? Um, I want to say search and rescue, but that's not the right thing as far as fire department and all that, and ambulance and medical. To be able to extract these guys and find them sure that's a good question uh, first of all i mentioned this before we're going to have you sign a waiver that says if you do anything stupid right. you're on your own <laughs> having said that our, our unofficial guidelines like you never pass a stranded gambler it doesn't matter if what they did was stupid like wrapping it around a tree that has happened you will stop and you will help and we do uh, alert the local authorities that we're coming through. We have to pull permits and all these events so the forestry uh, folks know we're coming through. Uh, we have to be insured, all that stuff. So the proper people know that we're coming. We also uh, typically will have a handful of vehicles available to deploy anywhere to assist anybody who's truly disabled and can't find somebody capable of towing them. We do call that search, S-I-R-C-H, and rescue. Okay. It's our own little lingo, but yeah. Yeah. So we have search and rescue teams. Okay. Yeah, it seems the gambler has uh, quite a bit of its own lingo. (laughs) You guys are the gits. The gambler's in training. I'll take it. I'll take it, and uh, we'll take it to a new level. We'll get a little wild with it. Just uh, be cautious, because uh, you have an initiation ahead of you, all three of you. 
There's this wonderful product uh, from the great state of Illinois, the little town called Chicago. They make this little, little wonderful little drink called Malort. (laughs) (laughs) It's so terrible that we give you the option. You don't actually have to drink it. You can snort it if you like. And I'm not sure what's better because it tastes like gasoline mixed with yesterday's socks. Oh, God. How they drink this stuff is I don't get it. But I'm sorry, guys. You do have that to look forward to. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take it like a yeah. champ. Is it, the question is, what kind of container is it in? <laughs> it is in glass. But, uh, so but I can't shotgun it. Darn. You, you have to rotate the glass because it starts to eat through the glass. You know, it can't sit on the shelf too long. I'm just hoping I can shotgun it real quick and... Can we run a gambler off of it? <laughs> Probably. I'm sure that you Probably could run, run the green shop off, off of, it. of it here. Does the bottle glow in the dark? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, see, that's how the uh, search and rescue finds you at night. Let's just say make sure you have uh, some paper towels in your car. You're going to be missing socks halfway through. <laughs> Or Maybe with socks to, to strain it and make <laughs> yeah. it better. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen someone show up to the gambler in? <clears throat> well, you know, thinking back, I mean, the, uh, the the creativity honestly just keeps going. Uh, these guys last year showed up in a full-bore stretch limo that they had lifted. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I, I, don't ask me what kind of limo. It doesn't matter. It was a honest-to-God six or eight door stretch limo that was six feet up in the air and i'm looking at this going well first of all it was beautiful i mean it was so horrible it was beautiful but um, then i start thinking the practical side of this thing this thing's 40 feet long <laughs> they're not going to make it down the trails well they did they found a way <laughs> <laughs> did they have a chainsaw <laughs> just a big bumper they just kept going <laughs> did I they think. did they go in with side view mirrors and come out with none yeah, <laughs> yeah. they call that uh, florida pinstriping I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes i've had uh, quite a few trucks in my younger days that had plenty of oh, florida yeah. pinstripes on them but again you just got to give them credit you know they didn't care they were just having so much fun you know they just just yeah, to heck with it you know so if you're Going to the Gambler 500 is a new guy. What would you request be the three have to haves in your vehicle? Oh, that's easy. You have to have a tow strap. Yeah, you're going to get stuck, you know. And if you don't have one, you know, you don't want to go looking for one. So trust me, tow strap. Other must haves. What are you coming with? You coming with that beast outside? I'm coming yes, with sir. that yeah. beast outside as well as the Forester. Okay. Uh, well, duck ties. And, yeah, that's what he was called, ties. the beast. Duck ties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> zip ties. Zip ties. To hold it together. Zip ties. Yeah, yeah zip ties. Duck tape. Oh, what, what is that called? The, the import stitching? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. You know what, though? They, and, you know, this is something we haven't mentioned yet is that we have – it's a 2001, yeah, 2001 Subaru Forester that we got for 700 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Well, First thing we did was cut the exhaust off as soon as we got it to the house. <laughs> <laughs> 
Your neighbors love you, don't they? <laughs> oh, no, it's but been more get, time yeah. on that trailer it's, than ass well, in your driveway. Yeah, it's been at his. It's been at Matt's house on a trailer for a while. But when I had it, I'd get it home and crank it up and just. <laughs> <laughs> My mud boat already sounds like a Harley too, so they hate me for that as well. I think your mud boat's probably louder than that car by far. Yeah, I think that your mud motor has more power than that car. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, what are some of the funny stories that come out of camp? Oh, uh, don't ask him tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two years ago. Now we run our camp. Uh, what's the best uh, PG? I that, guess. Yeah, PG thirteen. I mean, I can always go back and get to beep. You know, so it's all right. Oh well, no. I mean, the way we run camp is is we we uh, prefer that when people come to camp that you park your car. Okay, it's safety. Okay, um, so because there's alcohol and uh, we we allow kids to come to our camps too. You know, so we you know keep your clothes on. You know, but when it comes to the cars, it's it's come to camp, but park your car. That's that's how we do our events. You know, walk around. If you got a golf cart, you want to drive it around. That's fine. Mini bike, that's fine. But park your car. Well, these gentlemen came in. I'm not, I don't remember where they were from, but they decided to use the Gambler, Florida, for their bachelor party. Okay, so they had their little camp set up there. They had a little fire going. They're having a good old time doing their shots or whatever. Well, one of them decided that it would be fun if he attempted to park his truck on top of uh, one of his buddy's cars, and I don't even remember what it was. At that particular moment, my wife and I were over at our camp, and we have a couple big rednecks that are kind of our camp security. And um, anyway, when he fired his truck up and started to pull it on top of the other one, well, that's camp no-no. No, that's that's hazardous. No. Well, my my two big guys looked over, and they were going to start heading over. But nope, the worst possible thing happened. My wife saw them. <laughs> she was up out of her chair. <laughs> hey, sweetie, how you doing? She was up out of her chair going over to it. Before she had made it to 50 yards away from it, I could hear them. Look out. Mom's coming. <laughs> the motor shuts down. <laughs> and those big fellas <laughs> were just all, they just melted knowing that mom was coming. <laughs> I guess you had to be there for that one, but it was cute. I love my, I love my wife. I had to give her a shout out since she's sitting back there. Hey, sweetie. Safety safety really is everything, and that's something we preach in all aspects of what we do. And you can have fun, and you can drink a little too much, and you can have fun drinking a little too much, but you got to be safe. It all comes down to having a plan before you start. And like you guys said, you have a pretty dang good plan of at camp, the cars stay parked. Yes. Uh, because those are easily your number one hazard. Yes. When people have been drinking way too much. Um, we don't. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. And that's why you have the safety rules in place. Like, you never pass a strain of gambler. Because uh, you never know why someone stopped on the side of the road. Uh, it, it's just as easy to get stuck as it is to have a heart attack. Um, and that's not something, obviously, you could... You're not going to plan for that, uh, but just taking that extra step could save somebody's life. Will, you're about to enter, uh, you're about to get involved with a group of wonderful people. You know, we talk a lot about chasing waypoints. We talk a lot about picking up trash. Uh, we talk a lot about drinking. But 
the generosity that these strangers will show to you uh, at a gambler event is absolutely amazing. I remember these two gentlemen from Jacksonville who, uh, on uh, a Thursday night, uh, we let people into camp early sometimes. Oop, I can't say that because that's a secret. Um, anyway, they just decided to, to feed everybody. Now, what they had was grilled cheese. But when you're trying to set up an event and people are setting up camps and you're tired and you don't have time to go cook, they walked around with, I think they had this huge plate. There were over 100 grilled cheese sandwiches. And they were just walking around, here, have a sandwich, here, have a sandwich. It's a small thing, but it's so typical of the generosity that you'll see. Um, at the Mexico event, th this whole team came in from New Mexico. They made it their mission in camp every night to feed everybody and to drink everybody under the table. But uh, the food was delicious. They would spend hours cooking. And if they even thought they were getting low, they'd do the hour drive to go to the nearest store to buy more food. And it was their first event, and they just got it. They understood that the GAM, the GAM fam is, is about cooperation and having fun, and it's, it's awesome. And so you guys are going to have a blast. You really are. And we're I, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm going to have to miss out this year uh, in April because the 17th is my daughter's birthday and the 18th is my son's. Oh, my gosh. So I will be at home. Where are your priorities? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Bring them along. But, yeah. My son would have a blast. Bring him along. There you go. Bring him along. He would have along. a blast, but he's only, he'll be five in April, so he's a little bit too small to be throwing in. My, my wife would, uh, how do I, she would kill me. Well, you can drive <laughs> my truck, and me and Jordan will drive the gambler. Yeah. <laughs> Just put him to bed early that night, sneak out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that's no. a problem. You won't be able to sneak back in. <laughs> no. <laughs> the locks are changed. Yeah, there's the trick. <laughs> What's the funniest thing you've seen? In camp or on the trail, or both? In camp, funniest thing, or on the trail. It, it There may not be one specific thing that just really sticks out so much. It's just the whole hilarity of the whole thing. Uh, it, there was this group of uh, South Africans that came in and attended one of our events, and they were all wearing prison uniforms. You know, okay, well, that's that's cute. Um, we've got another gentleman, uh, name is Preston, and uh, he attends all our mini bike races dressed up as a some kind of big giant teddy bear thingy. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be some cartoon character, but you know, this is a grown man, and, and you're out having fun. I mean, people wear costumes or don't wear a costume. You know, decorate your uh, vehicle with whatever insanity you can think of or don't. You know, you can truly express yourself. And we have few limits, few rules on, well, no, I keep saying rules. We don't. We only have one rule, and I haven't even told you what a rule is. Do you know what a rule is? We only have one. Have fun. Is that, a, is that a secret? No, There's no. There's been a lot of actually, secrets. It's actually, it's, we truthfully only have one rule. Don't be a dick. Yeah, fair enough. That is our, I like that rule. Yeah, that is our only rule. Now, we got some guidelines. <laughs> but uh, uh, the guidelines are, are there to have fun. So, what if somebody gets out of line at camp, or during the rally, or out there in the trails, or during the mini bike races, and they get out of line and they do something that is frowned upon, and it is an area that you don't want them to come back? What kind of guidelines do you follow as far as not having them back? 
yeah. I see her wife Here, waving her my, hand. Yeah, she's waving her hand back there. Yeah. Yeah. Does she want to type in? And... That's oh. where I get invited into the conversation. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should answer before she gets here because I know yeah. what she's going to say. Well, to give you an idea, our last uh, big event had uh, over 750 people. So let's just be realistic. You get 700 and peop- 750 people together that don't know each other. Somebody there is going to be an oddball. It's just, you know, the odds are that's going to happen. We're very fortunate that, generally speaking, all I have to do is turn my wife loose on him. And she, in no uncertain terms, explains to him that that crosses the line. I don't think we've ever had to actually kick anybody out of an event. Well, we just explained to them, this is, this is not what we do here. You know, and they, they get it. That look she gave when you said that <clears throat> kind of said, <laughs> we've never kicked anybody out, but we might have kicked somebody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, next topic, please. Yeah. <laughs> the point with, they got the point across. Yeah. No, no, I mean, again, you are dealing with adults who are taking time off and a lot of these events are their mini vacations okay they're spending a few bucks to to fix their vehicle they're spending a few bucks to uh, fix up their uh, car that's only worth a few bucks you know and they're going to consume alcohol that's going to occur on top of that we've asked them to go out on the trails all day long get stuck in mud and pick up trash so they come back to camp they're a little tired you know it's inevitable that somebody's going to get a little cranky or not understand the rules or temporarily forget what the rules are you know and we only have one rule don't be a dick so if you cross that line um yeah my wife will ultimately come talk to you and that's not what you want you know i gotta we're working on what uh i like to call our lifetime warranty (laughs) on the gambler and i learned this from a friend of mine who drove a truck a friend of mine in the army who drove a truck that really it should have been a gambler and we were riding down the road one day well i wasn't riding with him he calls me we were i I was living in kentucky at the time and there was about four inches of sleet on the ground at that time and he says hey man uh my ball joint just broke can you come up here to the gas station help me fix it i said sure so i hopped in my truck and i drove down there and uh we are trying to work on it it's just absolutely the weather was absolutely terrible they shut the highway down uh my wife was on a business trip and got stuck in lexington for three days i mean we ended up ultimately getting uh 22 inches between sleet and snow during that one storm which that was at the time i mean that was pretty much the average for the year most of the time um but so we pushed the truck we to get the truck out of the middle of the road, the exit leaving the gas station, we ratchet strapped a piece of plywood to the front tire to make a ski, and then backed it back down because we couldn't fix it in the, in the inclement weather. Went back, uh, they came and picked his truck up with a tow truck, brought it to his house the next day. Weather finally got a little better. We started working on it, and I was like, man, so we gotta go buy a part. He's like, I'm not buying a part. So what do you mean? He said, I have a lifetime warranty on this thing. And I said, excuse me? I mean, it's a beater. He says, yeah. Opens up the glove box, pulls out a sandwich bag full of O'Reilly's receipts. <laughs> and he starts searching through there, finds the finds the receipt for the ball joint, pulls the ball joint off, goes back to O'Reilly's, hands him the ball joint with the receipt, he gave him a brand new one, he walked out. I was like, dude, 
That is genius. That is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, and I feel bad now because I had a, uh, a Harbor Freight coupon I was going to bring for you. You'll have to sell for the stickers we got for you. That's today. fine. You know what? <laughs> you know, we love stickers. I got plenty yeah. of Harbor Freight stuff. I, I, I bought, I've had a, a pair of Harbor Freight bolt cutters that I returned three times after they broke. But you know what? They were the cheapest and best bolt cutters I've ever had. <laughs> Let's say. How many stickers that are going to be on the back of that gambler? It's going to be the fastest thing out yeah. there. It's going to look like that fridge. How fast do you yeah. think that fridge can go? Uh, oh, we we have had that conversation many a time. That thing goes straight to ludicrous speed. <laughs> so there is a uh, to our left here I love that movie, from where by we're the way. sitting. We are uh, there's a like a side by side fridge freezer. How many stickers do you think are on that thing? Easily sixty. Oh, more oh, there's than more than that. More, I bet there's over a hundred. Yeah, we're we're well. The other side is full too. So over hundred. Yeah, yeah. So we're, I would say about 125, 130 stickers. So that's that's what, uh, that's over 500 mile, 500 horsepower. Dude, that's over oh, a thousand. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a lot. You yeah. just need to strap that fridge to the hood of one of these over here. No, it's stoppable. Well, I'm just going to throw a bogger on the back of that blue car right there, and we're just going to send it. Not till you get that flat fixed. No. Well, that's what the boggers are for. <laughs> yeah, so, it's Matt, sitting on the rim over there. Tell tell us about some of these cars that are sitting in this shop around us. Um, we have a different plethora style of cars, and we have had a lot of crazy cars come through here. Uh, we've had anything from T-Birds to Mustangs, Mustangs that my uncles have had since they were 14. We've had cars that my grandpa's had. Um, I We had a T-Bird in here that I watched since my earliest remembrance sit there until we finally got around to it. Um, we've had a 53 Ford pickup through here that my dad actually drove to and from his wedding. Um, you know, we, we got anything... Sometimes we have tow cars in here. We have drag cars. We've had mud trucks. But this is the first time that we've had a gambler come through here. There's even a slam dually right here next to us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is It's pretty low. Oh, it's low. Well, that's all air ride, too. I'd drive the dog piss out of that thing. Yeah, I would if you'd let me. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what's the story on this? Uh, what's this blue car? Oh, it's blue. It's a uh, Mustang Fastback. It's got a Bo- Boss 429 in it, doesn't it? Boss 429 Hemi in it, stroked out to a 500 ton of ram, 500 shot. Um, it's got a two-speed power glide, four nine-inch, 411 gears, aluminum drive shaft. Um, Nitrous. Yeah. Well, that's a 500 shot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's he's had that car since he was 14. Him and my grandfather went in. He wanted a fastback in the worst way, and my grandpa found one, and uh, he told uh, my uncle, go here, I bought your fastback, here's my truck, here's a tow strap, go pull it out of the field, and it's in about six foot tall grass. And that was back in, I might be wrong, but I want to say it was back in 81. So he ended up going and getting that car, and he's had it in his family ever since, and it's this is probably about its sixth time being built so what you're saying is it's it's pretty slow it, it's very slow we're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Figure. yeah we're talking uh the new it. motor we haven't had it on the track yet but we're estimating about it's it's going to be a solid low eight second car Good God. yeah it's it's pushing 1200 horsepower right the second 
So no, it's nowhere near as fast as the Ranchero, then. Well, I think the gambler will give it a run for its money. <laughs> <laughs> All four cylinders, yeah. Only oh, because yeah. we cut the exhaust off. Well, yeah. I mean, these cars, you you have like a one in ten yeah. chance of winning because all it takes is a bent rod. Yeah. Yeah. You win the race. Some, just put some more stickers on it. Just put more stickers on it. Our gamblers all well drive, so. Yeah. <laughs> so Well, you're going to definitely beat it right now with a flat tire. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's got a flat tire. You're definitely going to win right now. So what's the story on this Corvette sitting over here? That is actually a 1955 T-Bird. That is T-Bird. a car that I seen sitting my grandfather underneath his house forever. My funny story with that car. Um, my dad was younger, and my grandfather ended up going in the newspaper. It was a divorce sale. This lady went and posted T-Bird for sale in the newspaper. So my grandfather told my dad to load up in the truck. And let's go check out this T-Bird. So they showed up. The husband went to jail. She was mad. Well, there's two T-Birds. There's two T-Birds sitting there. And she turned around and my grandfather told her, you know, hey, uh, well, there's two cars here. Well, I don't care. I give you a price. Take them or not. <laughs> do, do you want it for this price? If you want it for this price, it better be gone tonight. Let's, uh... So how many of these can you crank up and... In- idle right now um every single one of them that has a motor in it except for one and that was my mistake because i blew that one up <laughs> <laughs> what's the story behind that why well, he's a dumbass yes <laughs> well we yeah okay we knew that well whoever asked that question well, jordan's seen it all right so we have a 57 ranchero slammed to the ground white walls flat black pinstriping white interior shifter up taller than my head with a uh 302 in it so when my El Camino was broke or my truck was broke I would drive that one high school and then I ended up going and figuring out that it became my primary vehicle because my most my primary vehicles were mostly broke (laughs) so this was a shop truck and I took it back and forth to school all the time and I love the fact that this thing you could grab a button you could throw flames out the back and it's got glass backs on it and you could wrap it out and it it would go and scare every single Honda around. <laughs> I've seen it do a couple burnouts in the school parking lot. Hey, my dad listens to this podcast. Oh, <laughs> quiet, quiet. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it, it was a great truck. It was a fun truck. And running around, I mean, that thing, it's so old. And then the foam's so rotted in the in the gas tank you hit the brakes and it's sitting in a quarter tank and it goes up to like three quarters of a tank and then it comes back down and hits zero <laughs> you guys have all these around. cool cars you know my first car was a, a gremlin oh i love oh, gremlins. that is a cool car yeah i kind of wish i had it now yeah i <laughs> back love then, i was embarrassed my dad grew up in high school building fastbacks and mustangs and everything my dad was a big drag racer and there's uh one guy and his name is frank artilio and he smoked my dad's ass in a grim one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah. And he's still racing to this day. The uh, uh, My dad's old, or my dad's Mustang that he raced him in, uh, my dad said, well, what can this car do? And he put Frank Artilio in there, and he made a faster pass than my dad ever could in that car. He's just that good of a racer. I actually saw a Gremlin one time at Bithlow with a rotary motor in it. Oh. It was wicked. And it I, sounded nasty. That's faster than a Fox body with a Chevrolet in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I, I can only imagine the maintenance that goes into one of those rotary motors because they do not hold up well, well over no. time. Them, them rotary motors, I can tell you the story behind every single one of them. First pass runs like crap. Second pass runs great. Third pass. Nah, they start smoking. Fourth pass, they blow up. <laughs> Every single one of them. They sound sick, though. Oh, they are nasty. I just watch your bracket, so how far you go. Well, that's as far as my motor's going to go. It doesn't matter if I win this heat or not. <laughs> well, so so before we dive into the Under Pressure Outdoors Tip of the Week, Gobblers for Garbage is coming up on March 13th. You guys can meet us out at the... What's, what's, what's that place called? It's the Paisley Welcome Center? No, I'd have to look it up. Dang it. Anyway, you get on our page. We have the RSVP link uh, through Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. You can RSVP there. It's going to have your time, your location, all that good stuff. And you come out there and help us pick up some serious garbage. We're going to amass a bunch of people. We're going to cut up some boats with some caseaws. It's going to be a good time. So make sure you're there. Pick up some garbage. Maybe we'll tell you where you can find some turkeys. I'm not going to tell you because I'm a terrible turkey hunter. Uh, but uh, we are going to have a good time. And on top of that, we have a crawfish boil coming up on the 1st of Ooh, May. Yummy. Yes, the Under Pressure, under pressure Outdoors Crawfish Boil. Uh, tickets, the event is going to come up here. By the time you hear this podcast, the event will be live on the page. So you'll be able to purchase tickets at 15 bucks a piece prior to the event. For adults, ten bucks for kids, six or over six, and uh, show up out there and have a few beers with us and eat some crawfish, live crawfish from Louisiana. Yeah. And it's on the Wakiva River, so if you want to bring your boat, yeah, if, if you, you want, can, yeah, we, and we're not talking like bow cruises. We're talking it's got to be a small boat. My it, boats can use John boats. Yeah, Jim wanted to know if he could get his uh, his boat in there. Most likely, yes. I'll clear a path for him. <laughs> but uh yeah no we we did it on the kyber river so those guys with mud boats that want to go because i know mud runs are getting canceled this year because of covid so you guys want to throw in on the st john's and run down through the st john's up through the wekiva and meet us there on the bank and have some crawfish and a good time and some hanging out some good fellowship we will be there so uh but the under pressure outdoors tip of the week so Oh, Lord, I didn't even think about this. I should have been thinking about this all day. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. I got it. Well, can you oh. tell me yours? All right, we're going to rock, paper, scissors for this? Oh. Yeah, should we? Rock, paper, scissors? Well, mine is actually a legitimate. I'm not even fooling around this time. Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. An outdoor tip. And, and okay, everybody hates no seams, right? They, they bite you. You can't scratch them. You know, okay, well, what's the home remedy? You go get nail polish, you know, put them on. Maybe it gets rid of them. Maybe it doesn't. Oh, oh, I think I know this. Oh, go for it. Okay. Um, it is the um, fabric softeners. At, oh, no. Well, no. I tried. No. Mine's much more deadlier. Oh. <laughs> so um, just roll around in some deep and call it a day? My wife. Now, the first time my wife did this to me, I thought she was trying to collect on my insurance. She, put, she runs a bath uh, with really hot water, and she puts a lot of bleach. Just good old household bleach. Now, yeah, you guys are, that's what I thought, okay? She finally tells me to get in there. Oh, no. no. Okay. Just don't do it. Um, I promise you, when you are ate up with chiggers, 
and no sims and you got to oh, get we're rid talking of them. about afterwards i thought you were talking about before you went out there to the oh, woods Lord. i was about to say um, um no, how many of those no. blue moons have you had <laughs> uh, all i'm saying is it one i promise you it one it's a home remedy at 100 percent you'll be going to sleep that night well okay. wait a minute that didn't sound right either did it <laughs> <laughs> it will it will get those bugs off of you and life will be good because we've all been to the woods and you've had those things chew you up so bad you can't rest right that's why your hair is white right it's yeah. the bleach yes sir yeah i'm naturally a redhead so whatever color it is now what do you got jordan i'll just say always make sure uh since we're gambling here let's uh always make sure that you got gas because your gas gauge may not work Jordan, we need to quit bouncing back and forth about taking our stuff out. We need to like discuss this beforehand. I'm not even sure our gas gauge works. It's on full, but I don't know how much is in the tank. Well, you know it does work. That extra get five gallons worth of gas in the back of my truck. There you go. Toe strap. Yeah. <laughs> Toe strap. And a Jerry case cans. of beer. Jerry cans. <laughs> I'm gonna say always have a plan. No matter what you're doing, whether it be going hunting, going fishing, going gambling. On the gambler five hundred, have a plan. Uh know who you're going to get in contact with if something goes bad wrong and share that plan with other people um always let somebody know especially if you're going out in the woods by yourself where you're going to be when they should expect you back so they know when to send the calvary to come find you what do you got Matt? um mine is everybody is worried about the aftermath when you get back to camp when you're hanging out you're having a few beers and stuff like that everybody stocks up on beers and stuff like that um in your car Oh, in your car, in your boat, in your personal vehicle, every day that you're driving, Florida gets hot, and it's about to get hot again, keep water. Always have water in your vehicle, no matter what. Always have drinking water. It is too yeah, easy. I thought you were talking about free radiator. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too easy down here, especially in Florida, to suffer from heat stroke, and that'll kill you quick, fast, in a hurry. And that is just, and not only does water play into that, but when you're out in the heat, you need to continue to eat throughout the day. Yeah. Because uh, you're going to pull nutrients and salt and stuff from your food that you're not going to get from just drinking water. Yeah. Well, even during the, I noticed me working night shifts and everything, I, you know, going through these night shifts and it gets cold and it's like 34 degrees out, I force myself to drink water because it's cold and you don't feel yourself needing that water, but you always do. Yeah, I drink a, get about a gallon of water a day. Yeah, I do about the same. And then I make my guys go and drink a water bottle before we even hit the job site. And I'll tell you what, another cool tip is if you drink a gallon of water today, a gallon of water a day, rarely do you wake up hungover. Yeah. So you know, good gambler tip. Yeah, good gambler <laughs> tip. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about now, now that's Pedialyte, a, stock up in Pedialyte if you're talking about not getting hungover. Too. Well, <laughs> well, we're talking about drinking a gallon of water a day, not. Not bush light, oh, not natural oh, light. I'm sorry. Let me uh, change that on the notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, until next week, you guys have a great week, and we'll uh, catch you then. Make sure you guys are going on and hitting that. If you can give us a review, hit that far right-hand star if you love what we're saying. If you don't, feel free to hit the one star, but don't be that one guy right now who has the one-star review who didn't tell us what he didn't like. That's bothering me. I'm all right with a one-star review, but I want to know what the problem is. So if you're going to hit it, tell me so I can try and fix it. But if you love it, give us that five-star review. We could always use reviews, right? It's going to push us farther up in the Apple podcast and stuff like that. So we get there and more people hear us. But tell your friends about us uh, if you like what you hear. Join the Facebook page. Join the Facebook group. Uh, 
in the bottom of this link, you'll be able to get in the bottom of this, in the podcast description, you'll be able to find a link to our Facebook page, a link to our Facebook group, and a link to join Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Uh, if you join those guys, 35 bucks a year, and you're going to start getting all those updates so you know when we're doing Gobblers for Garbage. And uh, I got some really cool events planned for this summer for BHA. So, But those are going to be under wraps for now. It's a secret. Until next week, you guys have a good night.